know so many people who think they can do it alone. They isolate their heads and stay in their safety zone. Now what can you tell them? And what can you say that would make them defensive? And Lazy's episode number, I don't really care. Ariana, Ely, you are joining me via Skype. Folks, I make no promises about the connection. How are you doing, my friend? I'm pretty good on a uh, Wednesday evening. Does not feel like a Wednesday because we're living in a coronavirus post-apocalyptic world at the moment. Yeah, this show is sponsored by the coronavirus, which is the hottest stock on the New York Stock Exchange these days. Um, It felt weird, Ariana. I don't know about you. It felt weird accepting them as a sponsor, but I mean, they offered a ton. Yeah, and I mean, at this point, Shane, we kind of have to take any sponsor that wants to support us, so we didn't really have a choice. (laughs) Even the weird, like, fake illegal spy doorbell cam uh, rejected us, and so, yeah, we're at the end of our rope. So the coronavirus called, and we said, look, it's not, you're not our first choice. We were honest with them, but we said, we feel like we can work with you. Yep, and here we are. And here we are. Uh, I got to say, Ariana, I, um, I've been hearing from my sources that you may have been hitting the vino tonight. I can tell you that I have been hitting the, the bubbly, as it were. Nice. Uh, I can, can, you, uh, can you confirm what my sources have, have said? I can indeed confirm what your sources have said. I am two glasses in for the evening. <laughs> yes. I love it. Between, between the alcohol uh, and the Skype connection, this is going to be our, uh, our best episode yet, I feel. I feel confident saying that. I, I feel it, yeah. So, Ariana, back home in Durham, like a loyal soldier, I am uh, a traitor to the cause in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. But what we can tell you uh, is that the, I'm going to say this the way they prefer to be um, referred to, the UNC State Wolf Pack, as they like to be called, uh, have mm-hmm. won their, um, not even a quarterfinal, what comes before a quarterfinal, like Sweet 16. Yeah. But not even, because it's not a Sweet 16. It's the loser's oh. bracket, really. Uh, they have defeated the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, the hockey team, 73-58 to 58, uh, this evening. And so, Ariana, we can confirm that tomorrow at 2.30 Eastern, or mm-hmm. half an hour after the Clemson-Florida State game, which actually should be a banger. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, um, that's Absolutely. Duke and, UN, Duke and UNC State will be playing. Uh, how do you feel? I mean, how do you feel about meeting these guys for a third time in the span of roughly 48 hours? Yeah. So um, when I saw that Duke was going to be playing NC State, uh, I immediately thought of the last <laughs> pod that I was on that we did where you were like, I hope that we have to play NC State again because we have a great game plan against them and I think that we can do it. Yep. Um, and I feel the exact same way. Like, of, I think I would have... I felt a little bit uh, dodgy with the like other teams, but I feel like with the way that we came out against State last time and having a much better like idea and preparation, I feel really good about us playing State. Minus the fact 
that there will be no fans in the stands tomorrow. None. <laughs> and that's going to be very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting. Like, So, yeah, we got Clemson, Florida State, NC State, Duke. Uh, Virginia, I don't think there's any true fans of the way Virginia plays basketball. So they have the advantage because it's normal for them to have no real fans. Um, they'll be playing in the seven o'clock game, but yeah, uh, it's, oh man, it, it's also weird right now. Um, yeah. but looking at it, okay, we could have had, I'm just looking at the people, the teams who should win, uh, Syracuse, UNC play Syracuse should win that game. We could have had Syracuse, NC State, Clemson, or it looks like Notre Dame's going to beat Boston College. They have six minutes left in the in the second half. I got to say, I would take State over all those fools. I really, I stand by what I said before. Um, I don't think we're going to lose to this team. I think we've got uh, a really good game plan. I think the how badly they beat us at State almost works against them because even though we got revenge at home, I still think that's going to sting a little bit. Just how they kind of humiliated us at their place. Uh, against them, and I don't think we're going to uh, let them off so easy. Yeah, I, I think we could lose them or we could beat them nine times and we'd still be like, fucking that game in Raleigh. Like, I'm still so pissed at it. Um, yeah, so I love that. And then, you know, Clemson, Florida State, again, I'm just really grateful not to be playing Clemson. And I think, I mean, Mm -hmm. we saw they beat, you know, they beat Florida State. Granted, they're at home where they play very, very well against good teams. uh, And they've been garbage, like, (laughs) pretty much otherwise. Uh, When they're not beating one of the best teams in the country, um, they are are tough at home. Um, They're not so good when they're not, uh, when they're not at home. So, yeah, I'm glad not to be playing Clemson. But I do think, Ariana, there's a chance that they could uh, beat Florida State. Yeah, I think we could see an upset there in that matchup. Uh, part of me hopes that we don't, um, because as I've said before, I am a fan of Florida State. Um, but I think that's going to be a really tough game and going to be like closer than people anticipate it being. Because, um, like, you know, Florida State's top of the ACC right now, and Clemson is, you know, mediocre, air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that game is going to be much, much tougher than it looks like on paper. Yeah, I'm with you there, um, and I'm also with you that I prefer Florida State to win, not only because I like them, but I think it would be really fun, a Florida State-Duke semi. Agreed. Agreed. And I think, I mean, because we beat them, um, and it was, you know, a tough game, but a good game, and so it would be fun to see that matchup again and see at this point in the season where our team is, how we look against a tough team like that, who I think is going to get fairly deep in the NCAA tournament if it happens. Yeah, totally agree. Um, and, and we'll talk more about the ACC tournament. There's a lot going on. Uh, fans mm-hmm. are barred. It's a coronavirus uh, positive uh, environment. Uh, but I do want to talk to you a little bit about what we missed, Ariana, because you were not there for our last podcast yes. um, after the UNC game. And, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, whatever happens this year, like, screw it. We beat UNC twice. And one of them was a hilarious game that we shouldn't have won. Uh, and then we dominated them, which was also great. So I don't know. I, I just wanted to catch up with you, uh, catch up on the vibes. You were at the game. Um, and, uh, you know, look, our fans love UNC content. The metrics prove it. So mm-hmm. let, let's go back there. Talk to me about what Cameron was like. And, uh, and if you agree with me that, you know, life is good if you beat UNC twice, no matter what else happens. Yeah. Um, so, and I listened to the pod uh, without me after the UNC game that you did with Aaron and um, your stepdad. 
And I really, I had moments where I was like, oh, I really wish I had been there um, to just like share my thoughts from being at the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that whole day was just kind of a blur. So I got to campus at like 1230. And so I was there from 1230 until after the game was over. Um, and it was like such a nice day outside as like people were getting ready to go into the game um, and time just kind of was like flowing so smoothly and people were doing the normal things that people do before games. Some of them ridiculous, some of them fun. <laughs> um, we had a push-up contest that broke out between two of our ushers, which was really funny. Um, and in the game, like once getting inside in Cameron, like the environment's always just electric for UNC games. Um, and like this game was no exception. Uh, there were definitely like, moments where just like the whole place exploded with excitement. And like, especially seeing J Rob and how great he was, like it was just an absolute delight. Um, and there were just like, I don't know. After the game, I had this moment where I was like, I don't even remember what I just witnessed or what I just saw, but I know that it was like incredible because it all just seemed like it happened so quickly. I mean, of all the games to miss, or sorry, of all the podcasts to miss, Ariana, this was the one where your year, your year long uh, oh. J Rob faith against all, like in the face of doubters, including me. Um, you're basically, it was like you lit a candle for Daenerys Targaryen for like 30 years. And then you got to watch the dragon queen come back <laughs> aboard the Sarian or whatever her crazy dragon, Dracarys. Um, and, uh, and you were right. You were right the whole time. I, I can't believe it. And I gave you a shout out and I hope it was good enough, but I was like, really Ariana deserves to be here to gloat about this because J Rob was more than just a scrub player. He was awesome. He changed our whole look. Like, it was great. I mean, you must have been, I don't know, like dancing uh, at least like <laughs> mental cartwheels there. I was ecstatic. Um, and just like one. So after the game, I did get a picture with his dad, which I have wanted to do the entire time that J-Rob has been at Duke. And, what, like, and a good and picture, I might add. A good picture of you and D-Rob. Yep. Like every year I'm like, I really want to get a picture with his dad, but I like also don't want to bother him, but I do want to do it before he leaves. Um, and at the end of the game, after the players like camera had cleared out, the players families were like in the process of leaving um, my friend Kyle. Cause I was like, helping clean stuff up and um david robinson was getting ready to leave and kyle was like now's your chance now's your chance and so i asked him and he's like the nicest human being um and it was just like he was so happy because justin had had such a great game on senior night and like I also felt that moment of like, I saw this coming. And so there was a little bit of pride on my part, even though I have no business being proud of Justin <laughs> Robinson's kind of like contributions to our team. But it was still just like, uh, it was so good. Like there were several moments during that game where like threes he made or dunks he had, like me and my friends who were around me, we just like exploded, like jumping and like shouting and high-fiving each other. And like camera was losing their minds. And we started hearing MVP at him too, both during the game and then when he was doing his senior night speech. Um, because he was just so good. It was just, it was awesome. And I definitely felt um, affirmed in my belief in his potential from the start of the season. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just picture you leaning over and whispering in David Robinson's ear, I believed in your son, even when the bastards Aaron and Shane were doubting me. I always believed. <laughs> Did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, it was great. I mean, there was a point in the second half where he had already had a really good game, and it was just about the point where it went from good to superlative, and he hit a three from dead on, like just perfectly swished it. And I just lost it. And, like, and my stepdad and I, my, and my stepdad, who is, you know, uh, kind of on the Aaron spectrum of pessimism, um, he just like, he, he and I both went nuts. We're like, this is the greatest story ever told. <laughs> Justin, Justin Robinson. Unbelievable. It was awesome. And, you know, it was more than novelty awesome. Like, you know, okay, when, when J-Rob gets on and hits a three with 30 seconds left in a, in a blowout game, you're like, yeah, you know, all the... All the the bench mob jumps and everything and everybody, all the bench guys love it and the starters love it. But this was like um, a different level of that because it was like, not only is he doing so well and not only is he changing our offense and, you know, making things more fluid and he's a good shooter. He's a good passer. He gets a lot of blocks. And that was the ultimate thing. It was like, this isn't just some scrub having the game of his life. This is a guy showing that he deserves playing time and may actually, I mean, you know, maybe I'm getting carried away, but may actually be the thing, the, uh, the spark or whatever that lets us do some damage in the ACC and the NCAA. Uh, it was, it was so cool. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I think your step back to the point um, during the pod that like with J-Rob in there playing the way he was playing, it helped other key guys for us really step into their roles and figure out what they needed to be on the court and create space for them. Um, and I think he was exactly right in saying that like when Devlin catches both were better with J-Rob being on the floor and unlike having Javin on the floor or on the floor because J-Rob can hit threes and actually is a legitimate three-point threat, like defenders have to step out on him which then open up space in the lane. So if he can continue doing what he's doing, uh, it's just, it's going to be so much fun. Just so much fun. And you nailed it. That's the thing. It's like, you don't realize until you have somebody who can hit threes what a, what a game changer it is. Because you're like, oh yeah, oh, pick and roll, pop it out to Javin at the top of the key and everybody sinks off him because... And, and the offense just has to reset. There's nothing there. Then all of a sudden, you have, you have J-Rob out there, and he can hit a three. And what's remarkable to, be, to me is that he's so aggressive and confident for a guy who hasn't played all year. Uh, he, just get, he, he gets out there, and he's, like, got the balls to do it. And just like you said, you got to play out on him because you're like, well, this guy should be a scrub, and I shouldn't be scared of him. But holy shit, he's burying threes in my face, and he looks like a killer, and I'm and I'm scared of him, and I got to get out there. And guess what? You do that, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, Vernon's one on one, three feet from the basket, and you're not stopping him. And it just changes the entire look of things, changes the entire spacing, the entire flow of the game. Uh, and you know, I look. I'm not a guy who loves to use the word orgasmic that often, but watching that <laughs> offense, watching that <laughs> offense led by Justin Robinson and Trey Jones was orgasmic. Yeah. Oh my God. It was, just, it was so much fun. Like it was just so much fun. Um, and I think with the Duke team where pretty much the entire season, we've known that like Trey's really strong, it's really strong down low, but our perimeter shooting is like just sporadic. And sometimes we're on and sometimes we're not. It's never enough of a threat for us to like actually draw defenders out. And with J-Rob, if he can continue to be consistent, then it fills in that gap, which is just incredible for us moving forward. 
Yeah, and I, by the way, can I just say I love hearing your enthusiasm and optimism. This was like Aaron was like, oh, I don't think you can hit that many in the future. It's like, come on, Aaron, get get going. And I know Aaron will listen to this. Aaron, I love you, but you know what? The J-Rob game, it demanded more. It demanded more enthusiasm. It demanded more blind loyalty, I'll say, Ariana. I mean, we've gone through a lot. This year, we've gone from me uh, guaranteeing the ACC title eight different uh. times uh, and not having it happen. Florida State nipped us. By the way, one thing I didn't say last time, and I wished I had at the end, the only thing separating us from the number one seed and the regular season ACC title was holding a seven-point lead against Wake Forest with a minute left. God, <laughs> that's God it. That's it. it. We would have we would have tied FSU and won the tiebreaker because we beat them. Oh, it makes me so mad still. Like that Wake game, I think is our lowest point this season. Like even though the State game was humiliating, I think the Wake game is worse. Oh, it was by far worse. Because look, the State game, you can go, okay, well, they're probably a tournament team, uh, and we just got our ass kicked on the road. The Wake game, the Wake game ruined our hope, and then, and then, and then, of course, we started playing well again, and then so the Wake game lingers as the thing that. That just cost you the ACC title. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, imagine before the imagine before the year, like someone who's like, you know, uh, a wizard or like a witch or whatever is like, all you shall need to win the ACC title is to hold a seven point lead with one minute left against Wake Forest. Uh, yeah, I mean, you'd be like, yeah, sure, it's good. It's in the it's in the it's in the bag. We did not. It was not in the bag. It was entirely out of the bag. That cat was free of the... There was no bag in the end. There was just not even a bag there. Uh, yeah, so so I don't even know. I, I completely lost my train of thought. But point being, uh, yeah, we're good now. Oh, yeah, so it demands, like, we've been through a lot. And, uh, like, at this point, we've got... A new look to our offense that teams are not going to be ready for because it happened in the last game of the year. Um, I just think, you know, it, this is a moment, no matter what happens the next, like, week and, or two weeks, it's a moment that demands blind loyalty and our belief. What do you think about that? I, I totally agree. Um, I'm, like, totally back on board with this team after being very frustrated with them, those, like, two losses. And I think... Like, it added this missing component to our team that, like, we couldn't figure out. And that's just giving right to other key players. Um, like, the other thing about J-Rob, and Coach K talked a little bit about this, is that, like, he's a very good vocal leader, too. So, like, even when he was on the bench, he was constantly up on his feet, talking to his teammates on the court, telling them what to do, where to be, presence on the court also helps them figure out how to play together which is a different speaker um and then the other thing so this was one of the things that um so for senior night after the game all the seniors came out and they like spoke to everybody who was who stayed in cameron and so jav and jack and j-rob also um and i don't remember which one if it was jack or jack but it was one of the two and they were just speaking to how good of a teammate Robinson is and how much he knows all of the guys on the team. And I think that also helps make a difference with how this team functions on the court. When you have somebody who can, like, see everybody, know everybody, know what to say to everybody to get them in the right mindset um, and just kind of give them a boost and, like, instill their confidence. And I hope he can continue to be that guy. Yeah, totally. 
how we play tomorrow and then how we play in the hopeful NCAA tournament question mark. Yeah, well, to me, if there's no NCAA tournament, we're national champs. Uh, that's that's all I know. Uh, that That's my take, and I'm sticking to it. Um, I support yeah, and you nailed it, Ariana. You you nailed it too. Like uh, such a cool dynamic of here's this guy who is the vocal leader and the kind of spiritual leader that you wanted all year, and there just was a sense that he wasn't good enough, and so he couldn't you know he couldn't lead from anywhere by the bench. And the truth be told, you know, no matter how good somebody is, if they're a scrub, you know, they just can't be a leader. That's just that's just reality. And then you put him in the game, mm-hmm. you put him in, you finally give him his chance. Not only does he give you all the contributions on the court, but he gives you the attitude you need. And he's good enough to back it up. And I, I don't know. I just was like, as you were talking just now, I was laughing, thinking about, like, if this were a Hollywood movie this season, um, the down point, you know, with maybe uh, 40 minutes left in the movie would be the Wake Forest loss. And then the next game, you know, the state game and the UNC game in the last week, there'd be a point where Coach K was just like, turned to his assistants, like, totally despondent and goes... Ah, fuck it. J-Rob, get in there. <laughs> and, and then that would be like when the Hollywood music starts playing and he gets in there and everything turns around and the, you know, all of a sudden, you know, 30 minutes later, you're winning a national title. Uh, I love it. I just, I just yeah. love it. I love this late twist in the season. I think it's hysterical that it's happened after we lost all hope. And uh, I'm on board. I'm on board for the weirdness and the chaos. Look, it's the year of the coronavirus. Let's let it fucking roll, right? Oh, I totally agreed. And like, I was thinking about this earlier. So like back in at like New Year's this year, everybody was like, uh, 2019 was such a shit year. Like 2020 is going to be my year. It's going to be great. And then 2020 is the weirdest fucking year imaginable. <laughs> just so fucking bizarre. And like, we've just heard this bizarre world where I think anything is possible. And like, especially with the J-Rock twist, I'm like, Fuck it, a minute. Like, a minute for this Duke team, however far they go. And, like, the potential for them to maybe go all the way if things keep going this way. I don't know, but I'm, I'm in it. Totally entirely in it. Yeah, I was, so I've been in Florida for two weeks, and... Uh... You know, Monday, I'm, this will surprise nobody that I'm a Bernie bro, and I'm not going to get into politics, I promise, but there was a moment Monday night uh, last week before Super Tuesday where it became very clear that uh, my dreams were dying, <laughs> my political dreams, and so I had a really bad <laughs> night. I, then I woke up Tuesday and was like, all right, let's fucking do it, 2020. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> let's go. Like, everything I believe in is dead. Uh, coronavirus is killing us all. And then, uh, so, you know, throw it at me. Let's roll with it. Like, I- I'm here. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. I'm going. And then and then J-Rob came along. And this is like, uh, you know, it's when the zombie apocalypse happens and then some weird leader emerges who's like, I drink my own pee, but follow me and let's go to war. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I'm in with, the guy. I'm in with that guy. There's nothing else to follow. Yeah, that's it. That's 2020. Like we're following the guy who drinks his own pee, and it's great. And uh, and yep. we're all gonna die, and it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we have no other options right now. No other so, options. So like, live it up, right? Like this is the world you live in. Uh, let's do it. Oh yeah. Um, and this reminds me of so uh, my roommate. Um, she works at Duke and works in a lab there, one of my roommates. Um, the other one's a, a law student at Duke, too. But my one roommate that works in a lab here, she, like, always coincidentally runs into J-Rob on campus. Ooh. And, like, 
his style off the basketball court is entirely funky and weird to the point that he has lovingly nicknamed him Soul Train <laughs> because his style is so 70s and so it was sometime in the last like month where she was she texted me because she was walking across campus and she was like guess who i'm walking next to right now and it was of course j-rob um oh my the, god the fact that soul train is currently our leader like um, let's do it let's just do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah he'll be like someone on twitter asked if he could win the democratic nomination and I was like, oh, that seems unlikely. But then, like, five minutes later, I'm like, yeah, probably. He probably he probably will. At this point, what the fuck not? Yeah. Like, not only do I think he could, I think it's likely at this point. Like, Biden will die of corona. Uh, right. Nobody likes Bernie. Like, J-Rob will step up and be the compromise candidate that Elizabeth Warren wanted to be. Uh, all right. So, let's, um, you know, look, we got... Um, this has been really awesome catching up with you and I'm really glad we did it. Um, let's talk quickly. We're going to do, we'll do something maybe like Friday night, hopefully if Duke wins a couple games or even if they lose to Florida state or whatever. Um, but I just want to kind of, uh, get your thoughts, um, basketball wise and some of the other stuff, you know, uh, Wendell Moore, for instance, I, I was interested to hear my stepdad think he played a really tough game on, uh, against UNC. Uh, I kind of, yeah. I kind of agreed with him. He scored four points. He wasn't an offensive juggernaut by any means, but, I, you know, I was happy with the way he played. And I, you, um, being our, like, X's nose expert, I'm curious what you thought about uh, his game. Dog, sorry. That squeaky noise was like... Oh, with, it's good. Um, Invite him on. <laughs> so, yeah, when it comes to Wendell, I think his performance for the UNC game, um, it was less on the offensive side of things. But I think he, he essentially, like cleaned things up and like helped us lock down on defense and whether it was getting like really important rebounds or um buckling down and like stopping people in the lane for you to see i think it's those sorts of contributions that hopefully he'll continue making through the acc tournament and then into the ncaa tournament too um it was at the very least nice to see at least kind of see where he fits into our team because sometimes I think mm-hmm. he gets lost on the court. Um, and I felt like he played with a little bit more direction, um, which was helpful. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Uh, and, I, you know, I he's the guy we've needed. Um, you know, looking at the – I mean, Cassius again. Cassius is a guy that came through huge. I do think if there's mm-hmm. one thing that, you know, I, I agree with Aaron, um, you know, we shot 10 for 21 from three. That's not yeah. good. That, I mean, as much as yeah. I would love it to happen uh, all the time, that's not going to happen all the time. And, you know, we had two really good games that week against our in-state rivals. But to what extent do you think those are sort of like little beacons of false hope, maybe, based on our shooting? Um, you know, Duke, we've seen Duke be vulnerable in games where we can't shoot well. Does J-Rob change so completely that we're we should be more confident? Or are these games kind of like, well you know, shouldn't read too much into them because reality is going to come calling for us. Yeah. So that's a really interesting question. Um, I don't, I, what do I want to answer this? Um, it's difficult because of the fact that we have a lot of three point options, but sometimes they're just not hitting for whatever reason. You know, looking at Matt Hurt, Alex O'Connell, Joey Baker, sometimes they're like hot and they can hit everything, and sometimes they're just like absolutely not. There's a lack of consistency there. Yeah, and, and to um, interrupt you real quick, sometimes my, my worry is that they all go cold at the same time. You know, that's, that's the one thing that worries me. 
Agreed. Very, very much agreed. Um, and I think with, so I'm pulling up J-Rob's thoughts right now. And um, for his three-point percentage for this season, he's it's 3% essentially. And so I feel like if he continues stepping into this role and Coach K keeps having faith in his contributions and his abilities, mm-hmm. and he'll actually continue to be pretty consistent for us. And at the very least, even if he, like, let's say he starts a game and he, like, takes, you know, four three and he misses all four of them. I still think he's enough of a threat that teams are going to continue to step out on him and then free up space down low for... Vernon Carey to have putbacks or Wendell Moore to have putbacks too. I think that's one of Wendell Moore's like, potential strong suits. Um, it's to like essentially clean things up around the rim. So even if we have like, some misses from three, if J-Rob drawn some defenders, then there's more space down low for those putbacks to happen. Um, and I think I have a little bit more confidence in like, J-Rob's three points shooting ability than I do Alex O'Connell or Matt Hurt or Joey Baker. Yeah. Which is weird to say. No, no, you're absolutely right. And, and, and J-Rob, I mean, even though we saw him get bullied a, a couple times maybe against UNC, who is a, a bully of a team. I mean, they have really good, you know, post players. Uh, even though we saw him get bullied, he is, is still 100 times more valuable on defense than an O'Connell, a Baker, a Hurt because he can block shots, he can get rebounds, and he's you know, from my perspective, he's quick enough to guard a a big man who's got a little bit of quickness on the perimeter. So, I mean, yeah, it, like like you said, like I I do right now have more faith in him to shoot the three than they do. Uh, but what he brings defensively is just enough more valuable that I think, to me, it's it's not really a question yeah. at this point. Yeah, and like comparing him to like let's do a comparison between him and Matt Hurt on defense, right? Both of them have similar lengths. Um, but J-Rob is actually able to use his length effectively. Like, yep, I yep. feel like J-Rob is one of the best like inbounds defenders, and like he's really active, he's vocal, and his ability to slot and contact the ball is just fantastic. And so teams are really frazzled when he's like even just guarding the inbounds. And that's something that like, Matt Hurt doesn't have, at least not yet, um, with him being so young. So I do, I feel more confident with J-Rob on the court. And I'm glad that he's finally getting minutes that match skills that I've kind of witnessed in even just the little bits that he's played throughout the season and throughout his time at Duke in general. Yeah, you might, you might get a scouting job out of this podcast because you really, I didn't begin to take J-Rob seriously. I mean, but like you said, I mean, in terms of using his length more effectively, shit, this guy would get a block a game when he was only playing 20 seconds a game. You know, I mean, like he, he clearly can block shots down there and that that's, that's big. I mean, Matt Hurt can't do that. But, um, you know, yeah. your, your point previously about, okay, what happens, you know, if he starts 0 for 4, you're still going to have to guard him. And Aaron on the last podcast made that point, too, uh, a little bit more negatively, no surprise. But he said, you know, if he starts 0 for 3, what happens then? And it's a good question. And, you know, the point I wanted to make is just that if I were Coach K right now, I would be in J-Rob's ear constantly going, you belong out there. You are a valuable <laughs> member of this team. 
And you know yep. what? If you do start 0 for 3, keep shooting the fucking ball because we need you. And you belong. Again, you you are where you're supposed to be out there. And it was on me for not getting you out there earlier, honestly. And, you know, because you, if he has a crisis of faith and sort of, you know, a little bit maybe like the coyote running over the hill where he runs on air for a while, then goes, wait a second, I'm not supposed to be running on air. If J-Rob yeah. has that moment, that's a huge loss for us. He needs to believe that he deserves to be out there and he belongs. And I think he does, but we cannot have him lose that, that sense of aggression and that sense of confidence that he has right now. And it's a, it's a miracle that he has it in the first place, and I love it, but Coach K really needs to instill that in him. And got to say, uh, you know, not Coach K's strong suit necessarily this year. It seems like anytime someone makes a mistake, they're out of the game. I really hope he doesn't pull that shit on, on J-Rob right now. Very much agreed. Um, I think the more that, like, actively he can be encouraged, if not by the coaching staff, continually by, like, his teammates around him, mm-hmm. uh, if they can just keep that faith in what he's doing, and even if he hits a struggle point, um, I think that'll pay dividends in the long run. Um, because I feel like right now, if you look at all of our bench options, he's the best one, right? He, unlike so with Jab and Jack, they might have meaningful contributions on defense, but they aren't able to give us anything on offense. Correct. Yep. With Matt, Alex O'Connell, and Joey Baker, sometimes they have good contributions on offense, but they are liabilities on defense. And J-Sub is only one of our bench players who, coming in, actually has meaningful contributions on both sides of the court. And so if we can keep energizing him, then I think that's going to that's going to really be good for us down the stretch. It's going to be something that we absolutely need to continue winning games. Yeah, yeah, and when you put it that way, it's just a complete no-brainer. I mean, yeah, it's very simple, isn't it? You've got three guys who can give you offense but no defense, two guys who can give you defense but no offense, and one guy who can give you both. Well, I'll take uh, door number three, please. Um, Exactly. Very simple. All right, cool. Ariana, um, I, I think we should probably try to wrap it up here because uh, this is exactly what I wanted was to just talk J-Rob with you. Um, the Skype connection is iffy. We'll see how it sounds. Um, it's sometimes hard to tell for me. Hopefully it sounds good for our viewers and this wasn't too painful to get through. Um, but yeah, this was awesome. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll kick it to you, uh, Ariana, for the end. But the last thing I'll say is just that... Uh, I love it. I love this. <laughs> I'll say it again. I love this late turn. Um, I, I got it. You know, okay. On one hand, I'm like, Coach K, what the hell were you doing with J-Rob all these months? But on the other hand, like on the other hand, tip of the cap, you know, to to do it, to do it late, better late than never. So uh, I look forward to seeing what's going to happen in the ACC tournament. I look forward to the NCAA tournament. I hope we have them. Um, I hope this, you know, lack no fans thing is uh is uh, is the thing that lets us do it, and uh, you know the ultimate uh, neutral court game, literally <laughs> just no fans cheering. Um, so yeah, uh, again, parting thoughts from you, Ariana. But I, I gotta say, I, I think it sounds like you agree. I'm uh, I'm up for the rest of the season. I'm I'm definitely up for it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, after after the two home games we had, it really showed like this is. This is the Duke team that I want to see continue showing up and continue playing because they really are, when they pull things together like that and really work together as a team, they're so they're so good. And, like, one of the things I've noticed in the, the two really shitty losses we had, we had, I mean, minimal production on offense anyways, but also, like, no bench contributions. It looks 
stats for the NC State game and the UNC game, our bench contributions were fantastic. And if we can kind of keep that sort of, and our assists were like great too. Yeah. When we're oh, sharing yeah. the ball, when we have bench production, and those things are able to support our main guys and Trey and Vern, then you really see how talented and well put together this new team can be. And they're back to having fun on the court together, which makes a big difference in how they show up playing offense. And if you can keep that moving, I think that the ACC tournament is going to be super fun to watch. And their games in the NCAA tournament are hopefully going to be fun to watch too. Um, and so I'm looking forward to those things where before I think I was like more nervous about them, especially following that weight loss and seeing us just like really deflate. Um, see what happens, but I'm excited for all of it. I was, I went to the gym today. And I walked past the gym store and I sort of like, do I walk in and see if they have a number 50 Jersey for J Rob? <laughs> I mean, yeah. But I'm still thinking about it. He is more deserving of one than Alex O'Connell is. I was going to say, I'm glad um, you waited on the O'Connell jersey. Yeah, he hasn't earned it. Like, he totally hasn't earned me. But you were it. close. You were close. You almost pulled the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very disappointing. Maybe he'll shock me and show up again for the <laughs> ACC tournament. No, but um, yeah, but the, we'll honestly, see. I will, uh, if we make the Elite Eight, uh, or if we win the ACC tournament even, I'll buy a, I'll buy a J-Rob jersey with you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm down yeah. with that. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Well, you know, I picked the Beach Boys. I know there's an answer uh, for this episode, yeah. and um, just mostly because I like the Beach Boys. But now I'm going to retrofit it because that's what I imagine Coach K just kind of in his office alone, uh, thinking, you know, I know there's an answer to this after the weight loss, and then maybe like looked at it, looked at a team picture and saw J Rob in the background and was like, <laughs> Eureka! <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to start playing this. Um, Ariana, a total pleasure as always. Indeed, it was. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to see how the boys play tomorrow. Me too. I will be watching from the uh, media center at Ponte Vedra Beach, and uh, yeah, nice. Ariana, we will talk soon. And good as always to connect with you. Yeah. Well, let's have a good night. Good night, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Now what can you tell them? And what can you say that would make